0: to the next episode of Psychics and Psychics. This is actually the first full Paranormal Investigator episode. We've touched on some uh, other subjects where people have done paranormal investigations, but today's guest, Christy Sumner, is um, founder of Soul Sisters Paranormal all-female investigation team. My absolute pleasure to welcome you onto the show. Christy, hello.
1: Hey, Sean, how are you doing today?
0: I'm good, thank you very much. So, yes, you are my first full Paranormal Investigation team.
1: Oh, I'm honored. Thank you for having us on. I really do appreciate it. That's (laughs) really (laughs) good.
0: So just give the listeners a a little flavor of um, Soul Sisters Paranormal, who you are, where you are, and how you started, I think, is probably the first bit, and then we'll just see how the conversation goes.
1: Sure. Yeah. So as you said, my name is Christy Sumner and I'm the founder of Soul Sisters Paranormal. And we all, we are an all female paranormal investigation team. Uh, we started in 2013 as really just a girls trip. So the team is made up of myself, my twin sister. Our younger sister and a couple family friends. And because we live in different parts of the country, we would routinely get together, uh, to have girl, girls weekends, right? Do something fun in a different city. And uh, in 2013, we had the opportunity to go to Moundsville, West Virginia, which is where the West Virginia State Penitentiary is located. And we had a family friend that sat on the board of that facility. And he said, when you're here, why don't you just take one of your nights and stay in the penitentiary and see if you can talk to some of our resident spirits. And so we, we absolutely jumped at that. Awesome. Chance. Yeah, it, it was great. It worked out really well for us. So um it was a very rudimentary investigation. We had a couple of uh, voice recorders, a couple of cameras, nothing major. It was just one of those things we do, We just wanted to have an experience and we left that, um, location with what we felt was compelling unexplained data and uh, because of that we decided that we wanted to delve into this further we wanted to look at historic locations do investigations of them uh, and then really couple the historical narrative of those locations with any paranormal evidence that we found during the night and uh, that's how soul sisters started
0: superb what? And uh, not not a small location for your first one, then. I mean, you're <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, let's just go right in the deep end.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we started with that one, and actually, our second one was the Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. So, uh, you know, we we went big with our first two locations were actually large locations.
0: Superb. I love it. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm jealous already. <laughs> <laughs> So one thing that I'm, I'm probably going to dive straight into this one, actually, because it can, it sets the scene. Paranormal investigations generally are done by um, mostly amateur people or, or organisations um, using a variety of ITC equipment. And that's one thing that appeals to me because I'm I'm a gadget freak. Um, I love my gadgets and cameras and all that kind of stuff. Of course. But one thing that you put on your website, actually, and I'm just going to read this line from it, is uh, it just, I think, is really – really pertinent, and it says, finally, with the evidence that Soul Sisters Paranormal has collected, and summarised on the website, it is to us unexplainable. We do not claim it, or so we do do not claim that it is verifiable paranormal activity, and such claims can never be made by any group. I think that's really pertinent, because at the end of the day, we we all seek to, to find an answer, but it's still unexplained, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, we did put that on there for a reason. And to your point, yeah. it was to point out that, you know, what we do is we go into these locations and we control the environment as much as possible. Uh, we mm-hmm. control for as much noise pollution or light pollution, um, those environmental factors that could cause people to think that something is going on in the location, paranormally speaking. And um, when, after we do that, we conduct our investigation and, and what we find when we can control for what we can control is unexplainable to us. Um, now if somebody wants to come and, and have a dialogue and say, well, I think that light anomaly could have been caused by this, this and this that maybe we didn't think of. Well, then obviously we want to have that, that dialogue, right? Because we don't want to put anything out there that, that isn't, um, you know, it, it, it paranormal in nature. And so, um, that's kind of how we phrased it like that. And, um, you know, for, but like I said, for the most part, the things that we found um, while they do have that paranormal in nature we, we can't verify one hundred ten percent that it's that is paranormal um for example, if I'm in a, a location and I know that there's five females on the property and yet I'm capturing a man's voice or a child's voice, personally I do I think that's paranormal because I can't explain that right there's there's no way that these noises or these voices should be heard. Um, because there's no male or female or a child on the property and so but but we did want to put that disclaimer out there just to say you know it it is it is something that is unknown at, at our present point in time
0: yeah and i think actually it's a really good definition or explanation and you know i've done a couple of paranormal investigations myself with uh with my friend andy so he's a psychic medium um and we also uh, our we found out actually that my sister-in-law works with uh, an amateur paranormal investigation team. So all these things have kind of come together and, and the old small world adage really mm-hmm. comes comes into play. But it's the fact that we, we seek to find answers and we can find an answer, but we can't explain that answer ultimately. Correct. But we, we can say it's not this, it's not that, and it's not the other. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's potentially paranormal, but it's unexplainable.
1: Mm-hmm. And I exactly. think that's,
0: that's really good. Because I have this thing about gadgets, and and I love them, and I love all the tech that's out there, and I want to talk to people that you know the manufacturers of this, some of this technology. I've got one, uh, I've got one little device. Here. I'll show you this actually on my my camera. It's um, I see it. Yep, it's called the Chattergeist. It's br- it's brand new in the UK. Okay. Um, it's about the size of a smartwatch, and it does multiple functions. It does does the same thing as several other devices. So it's um, it's worth a look. And um, I've interviewed the uh, the owner of that organisation that designed and and developed this product and i want to talk to other manufacturers because my big thing is when you're making or adapting electronic equipment to give you a response how do you know that the response you've got is what you're intending
1: mm-hmm. and how and you're absolutely you right yeah. <laughs> and and you're absolutely right you know at the end of the day these gadgets for us are Are interesting, right? They're great to use. Um, but, and they offer different techniques because they measure or supposedly measure different things like temperature or, um, EMF or pressure or something like that. Um, but when we do our investigations, we want, we don't look at one tool like a K2 meter and say, because this K2 meter went off, that's proof that there's something going on, right? We want to use it in conjunction with other pieces of equipment. Um, and, and then when we have those other pieces of equipment validating, um, that something is going on, that's when we can really say, okay, there's something unexplainable going on here. Um, so for us, we, we very rarely lie, uh, rely on one piece of equipment. Um, the one that I can say that the is the best for us, honestly, is the voice recorders. Um, because for me, a disembodied voice is very hard for me to debunk. Um, everything else I can explain away. Orbs, all of that, I can explain that away. Give me enough time, I can come up with something. Um, but disembodied voices are very tough for me to dis- to you know debunk. Um, so that's why the voice recorders for me. If, if we take nothing else, it's voice recorders.
0: Excellent. And you've just stolen my next question. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> which which, it's, it's usually the psychics that do that, you know, they, they're they rabbiting away and then they answer two or three questions on the bounce. And I'm like, where's this going to go? I've got nothing left to ask you. <laughs> um, but I was going to ask you about your go-to pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think the voice recorder is is definitely a good one. And mm-hmm. we had an experience actually with, with one. Um, so Donna's sister, she was doing the bit with the sensory deprivation, the headphones on listening to the white noise and, speaking what she was hearing and um so there was i think there's about four of them in the room and she wasn't getting anything and she literally she says we're just gonna have to stop because i'm not getting anything and um ash one of the other lads from uh, from sy he literally as he unplugged the headphones from the device it started playing ghostbusters
1: Wow. And
0: it locked up. You just locked on and played the song. (laughs) And we were like, that is
1: fantastic.
0: I've got goosebumps now talking about it again. And and it's just like, where and how does it do that? Because these devices Mm -hmm. are not meant to lock onto a channel. Of course not. You literally just pull the headset out and, and off it went Ghostbusters. Just fired up.
1: That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, there, there is a lot of controversy. The device that we use, obviously that you're speaking of is the spirit box. Um, and um, so there, there is controversy. A lot of people love it. A lot of people hate it. Um, for me, we absolutely love it. It is a tool that we use um, on every investigation that we go to. And the, the one piece of evidence that really convinced me that there is something to it is uh, we were doing an investigation at a place called the Ma Barker House, which is in central Florida. Um, we were the very first team to investigate this location. Mm-hmm. It was the site of the 1935 shootout between Ma and Fred Barker, two members of the Barker Carpus gang and members of the FBI. And this house sits on 40 acres by itself. There's no water to it. There's no power to it. You need a four wheel drive vehicle to get to it because it's in the Florida sand. So we knew we had complete control of this environment. Um, And when you turn on the spirit box, very, I mean, there's very little radio interference out here. Um, And so we were upstairs in the room where Ma and Fred's body were found. And I asked the question, "What happened in this room?" And through the spirit box, it said, "They murdered us. We, the ones dead." And that entire phrase came through. Wow. And behind it, behind it, you can actually hear the radio frequencies changing behind the phrase. Uh, and so that was the, that was the one investigation where we really said, "Okay, there's something here uh, to this tool," and and that. So we use that in our arsenal pretty regularly.
0: Excellent. It, it's those moments that we do it for, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the pitch really you just is.
0: cannot do, and mm-hmm. we we've set about we've done a couple of um blind uh, investigations, and the idea was so the um, the first one we did we we met at one location close to where we live, and we picked up andy andy's a psychic medium friend, and we met up with the guys from syaps and there was only myself, my friend who's a um a historian and documentary maker, and his okay. friend who's a cameraman. Okay. Were, we were the only three that knew the location, and the brief was we're going somewhere within a one-hour drive of where we met up. Okay. And literally, as we drove, we turned a corner and um, and this place came into view, and it was an old, disused colliery called Hemmingfield Colliery. So it's something you could look up and find some information about. Mm-hmm. But as we drove, turned the corner, Andy went, "Oh, my, my stomach's gone all tight and sort of flip floppy. It's gone all weird. We're not going here, are we?" Wow. Well. Yeah and I was like poker face keep driving and literally <laughs> honestly I, dro- I drove past the place because I did not want to stop and and as I was driving past it then he was like oh hello somebody's just joined me in the car and he went on to describe this gentleman mm-hmm. uh and neither me or Donna could see it and I wish to this day that we'd had a camera running in the car for this and and he's like somebody's just jumped to joined me in the car and you know, he's like he gave us a name and he's, he says he's like all dirty and burnt, like he's been in some kind of accident. And then we passed the place and he went, oh, we're not going here then, are we? And <laughs> at that point I went, yeah, we are, but you spoiled yeah. it. You just got it straight away. <laughs>
1: you turn, we, you turn. We
0: turned around and we went back. <laughs> and we had a fantastic um, session and, and that was the, the two different sides of it. It's the psychic medium and the, and the investigators did two different mm-hmm. parts of the uh, the site independently spent about 45 minutes swapped over and then did the other sides and the the amount of consistency that came out in the information that people got from both different styles of investigating was absolutely phenomenal mind-blowing um and it was things like that that made me want to do this and say there's stories to be told here uh, you know and conversations to be had Uh, and that's where this came from
1: oh that's fantastic that sounds like a great It'll experience. Go. Was Andy able to continue the investigation without getting yeah. sick?
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it did um it he did really well. It picked up on a few things. Um and even later on I I independently got a photograph off the website which had a picture of a particular character that he'd identified mm-hmm. and he picked him out of the crowd.
1: Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, and to your point, those are the things that really keep us going in this, yep. right? Those those unexplainable things, those those voices, those EVPs, those pictures or light anomalies mm-hmm. that we find um, that we just can't explain away as as anything else.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great. I I absolutely love it, and uh, we we plan to do more. And I think it's being able to do that and just be dead straight. You know, if there's nothing, there's nothing. Um, we we do it almost as uh, what we film is is pretty much as an uncut. Idea. So we show everything that went on. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's just a bit, bit more real than some of the stuff you see on TV. And whilst I like what's on TV, it's entertaining. This, this, they're so finely edited, I think, that it takes away from the actual effect of, of the event itself. And it so does. that's what and, we and, set out yeah. to do.
1: And likewise, you know, when we started doing this, um, you know, obviously we we paid attention to some of the television shows that Mm -hmm. were out there, but, uh, you know, we started saying to ourselves, well, why aren't they asking this question? Why aren't they using this technique? Why aren't they staying longer here? And, you know, you start to realize that it it is sensationalism, right? They're in it for advertising. They're in it for likes and sponsors and subs and thumbs up and, you know, smash that bell and all that other stuff. Um, And I, I think for a majority of people that are in it for that reason, they, lose sight of the historical perspective of why we're actually doing this. Um, so for me, when I look at the, the genre of paranormal investigations, uh, you know, I really categorize three different things. One is the, the paranormal investigators, kind of like we are, where we go in, we want to have that extreme experience, that tactile experience with these locations, the historical perspective from it. Um, you've got those that I consider ghost hunters that just want to go in, have some experiences, but they're not documenting anything. They just want to have their own personal experiences. And then you have those youtubers slash tiktokers that want to go in do a live have no real connection with the history just want to go in see some doors slamming and stuff and run out um so i think if if the audience make you know kind of perceives the fact that some of these are sensationalized i think they kind of have a better understanding of what we do
0: yeah I, I always think you know what why are you doing this when all you're going to do is scream and run out the door when you hear right. Something right, slight. because yeah, you know, what is what is the point? Because you're not, set, you know, nobody's there to do any harm. So if they're doing it for the right reasons, they're not there to do any harm. They're not there to be disruptive. They're there to to explore and um you know maybe maybe gather some evidence.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But if you scream and run, that just upsets the, the the balance of everything, doesn't it? You've got to wait for it to settle back down again. It's just right,
1: but know, it, I mean, if that, you scream and run, then yeah, then you've got the age group of 12 to 17 year old kids that are watching it that give you a thumbs up and and you get yeah. uh, a couple cents on the on the like. So that's yeah. the reason why it's done.
0: <laughs> yeah, that bit's not for me. I mean, I'm not saying I don't get the old goosebumps and the EBG. Of course. You just got kind of to be grown up on you? <laughs> Put your big boy <laughs> pants on, a big girl pants on, <laughs> and get on with the job. Yeah. So, what's, um, you've probably already touched on this, but what, what's your favorite investigation that you've done? Your biggest takeaway
1: well, the biggest takeaway from from all of the investigations that we've done is is that there is something after this right that that mm-hmm. energy it can't be created or destroyed and and there is something after this which to me is is very comforting um, so I think that's the biggest takeaway from all of the investigations. Every single one that we've done is just so fascinating because we do get to have, like I said, that tactile experience. Um, it's very hard to compare something like the St. Augustine Lighthouse with Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary or the Lizzie Borden House, because they just have those different historical yeah. stories behind them. Um, But, you know, some, I, I think... The the if I can call an investigation a quote unquote perfect investigation, um, it would be the old Gilcrest County Jail in Trenton, Florida, which is about an hour's west of Gainesville, Florida. Um, this investigation, the first time I went there, there was actually two of us, uh, myself and my current business partner Miranda Young, who's also a paranormal investigator. And that night was fascinating because. Every piece of equipment that we had was validating every other piece of equipment and feeling that we were, were getting that night. Yeah. So we are capturing disembodied voices. We were hearing them in the moment. The REM pods were going off. We were seeing shadow figures. SLS cameras were were giving us figures on there. Um, basically, everything we had running that night was was giving us some type of a validation. And uh, and so for me, that will always stick out in my mind as is probably the investigation where everything just. Kind kind of came together and formed this really cool um piece of, you know, paranormal evidence.
0: Yeah. And and is there information about that one on your website?
1: Yeah, absolutely. People so can look uh, up? Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so every uh Every investigation that we do, um, once we complete the investigation, we'll go back and we'll review all of the audio and, and video equipment that we had running that night. Um, and then we put together a documentary perspective of the location, because, mm-hmm. again, that's what really drives us. And um, so for that one, you'll hear the entire um, narrative of, of how it became abandoned and all of that. And then we couple that with all of the stuff that we captured that evening. And, uh, yeah, so it's on our website.
0: Excellent. Um Crack! I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> I'm just of an age, you know.
1: <laughs> I wowed you with my answer. I've, I've stunned you into silence is what it is.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I suppose really it, the, we all can have disappointing ones as well. Nowhere you know oh, where I was going to go. So, so let me ask you about a disappointing one, and then I've remembered okay. what I was going to ask you. So in terms of, of just being a washout, what's the worst one you've had?
1: Um, and again, I wouldn't call it worse than the fact that, you know, we're disappointed because we did have, you know, this experience with history, um, the Monticello opera house, uh, right outside of Tallahassee, Florida. Um, you know, this, this was an experience that we weren't really supposed to have. We were supposed to go to Texas that weekend. Um, but that was when they had a blinding snowstorm and basically they shut down Texas. So instead of going West, we turned around and went East and I just called them on a whim and said, Hey, do you allow paranormal investigators? They said, yeah, we do. Um, um, so it was a fascinating evening, right? It's this, this amazing opera house in, in this quaint little town of Monticello, Florida. And I loved it. Um, but, you know, that night we, we weren't feeling anything. We weren't getting any responses on any pieces of equipment. Um, but it was still a fascinating location for us to go to. Um, but, uh, yes, that's one that we, we still haven't gotten the video out about that, but, um, yeah, that's one of the ones where I'll say, you know, you kind of go in with this expectation, but, um, it didn't really live up to that from a paranormal standpoint.
0: Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you research the locations before you go?
1: We do absolutely because we feel that researching allows us to have a better investigation. It allows us to formulate questions. It allows us to learn about the events that happen there um, and why why they are important. And it allows us to formulate also trigger items. Um, so, for example, when we went to Fort Mifflin, which is a fort right outside of Philadelphia, um, it was it was built during the Revolutionary War. Uh, you know, we we researched that and we knew the history of like for example. William Howe, who was in solitary confinement and he was tried for treason. Um, So that allowed us to know his story, to talk to him about that story and leave trigger items that are germane to that situation. Um, so for example, like I said, he was in solitary confinement in this underground bunker. Um, so we took him water and food and a cigarette and we left that for him as trigger items. And um, so we wouldn't have been able to do that if we hadn't researched it in advance. So yeah. we do a lot of pre-research and then we'll go back and, and really, you know, finalize our research if we need to fill in anything. Um, and so that leads us to our, our documentary videos.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. And and then the other bit I was going to say um, was this is probably a bit cheeky, really, but as a female only group, you feel that you have something different to offer to having a mixed group.
1: We do. Um, I'm not going to say that we're impasse per se, but I do think that females have a different sense of empathy. Uh, you know, I think mm-hmm. we're innately born with that. And I think that when we go into these locations, we don't go in threatening. We don't go in with bravado. We don't go in and provoke. We legitimately walk in and say, we want to tell your story. Will you allow us to tell your story? And I think because of that, we get different responses than an all female or an all male team or a co-ed team would get. Um, um, especially when it comes to children and females. Um, I think we have a different connection there. Yeah. Um, and so we get different responses. Like, for example, we were in um, uh, Hales Bar Dam in Guild, Tennessee, and we were connecting with a child spirit where I know all male teens have gone in there and they didn't even know that a child spirit was it, it, it's supposed to be there, but yet we're connecting with it. And um, so for us, I, I do think we have a different dynamic. Um, plus my sister and I were twins. And so I think just that uh, that, that connection between us allows us to have a different um, kind of experience than others would as well.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. And are any of your team uh, sensitive to sort mediumship or, or psychic abilities or, or do you just go out there purely for the investigation?
1: We go out for the investigation. Um, You know, like I said, I I don't think we have any particular psychic powers or mediumship powers um, or or abilities per se. Um, I know that since we've been doing this such a long time, um, there are certain things that I'll start to feel, um, just physically feel when uh, I do think that something's going to manifest or we'll start to get some type of response. Um, You know, like the left side of my body will start to tingle just a little bit and I can say, okay, I think I think something may happen here. Um, but really, we go in more with uh, like a hard research mindset. You know, yep. uh, we all have advanced degrees. So we go in with that element as well to say, OK, let's look at these environmental factors first. Let's look at this from a more scientific standpoint um, as well. So that's kind of how we set up our investigation. So um, like I said, I, I don't think we have any that type of ability per se, but it's more about going in and, and just doing that research.
0: Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And I think from from the critical thinking perspective, it's it's good to be able to say you're going, you're going to – I mean, you won't have necessarily a specific list, but you're going to work through a set of rational, rationalization steps, aren't you, before you get to that mm-hmm. point of saying, well, that's it. I've exhausted everything I know, mm-hmm. so this is now something that I can't actually camp in the, the tail on the donkey, as it were, so it must be <laughs> something unexplainable. <laughs>
1: It's true and and that's kind of how we conduct uh, conduct the investigations we we to to the extent possible we always take a day trip first into the location um that's really to look at it in the daylight to look at those environmental factors that could affect it during the night um where are windows where are is there train tracks in the area what's the ve- vehicular traffic going to look like um yeah. you know will headlights coming into the facility at night cause people to think that there's an anomaly that walks across the hall, or something like that. So we take very copious notes of of what we see during the day, and then we'll go back and we'll do a debrief of that, and then that guides our investigation for the night investigation.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's again typically very female approach to you know being organised, <laughs> having a list. It is <laughs> tick, ticking it all off, making a few notes, and and being prepared. Um, yes, very very unmale. <laughs> <laughs> but I get yeah. it I get it it's um no that's really good and and I'm thinking really I've probably my initial set of questions we've we've covered you give some really really good detailed answers to uh, to some other things so I suppose really one thing I would say is if if you were talking to somebody who was a wannabe investigator and they were just thinking about getting started what advice would you give them?
1: The first thing I would say would be to go into paranormal investigations with what I call the right intentions. If your intention is to go into a cemetery on a Friday night and get a jump scare, that's not what this is about. Um, You really have to put in the time and the effort to research the location, to understand the history, um, to make that connection with the location. Um, So to go in with that aspect and mindset first. Um, The next one would be to have patience because you go into these locations, you're not going to get a ball rolling across the floor every night. A door not going to slam on you every day. Um, that's just not going to happen. 99% of the time, you're sitting in the dark talking to yourself um, and just hoping that you're capturing something on your static. Uh, equipment. Um, so patience is a big one. Um, and then really just, just kind of have fun with it, you know, just go in, um, and, and work through your technique, find your technique. You don't have to mirror another team. You can go in with your own technique and your own style, um, because we're all different with this, right? That's what's so great about this. You know, I can go to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary one night. You can go to Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary the second night, and we may do the exact same experiments, but we're never, ever going to get those exact same results ever. So I'm unique, you're unique, even though we're doing different things that are similar. Uh, and that's why I think it's so fascinating about this.
0: It is, it really is. And I'm going to end on, on just telling you a little bit of a, a roundup story about an investigation that we did. Um, so Donna, Donna's kind of very recently sort of crossed that skeptic line to be more of, um, yeah, she's, she's believing it now. So we did mm-hmm. one, um fairly impromptu one at a, uh, a pub in a place in Doncaster. Um, Coaching Horse is a really old pub. It's got a lot of history to it. And she was sat and she was doing the questioning of uh, and, and really drilling down and getting answers that, that were sort of building a timeline and, and an identity to this female. Um, but one of the bar staff was around. He, he stayed around with the landlady. And she asked, do you like? I'm sure it's Chris. She asked, "Do you like Chris?" And it came back, and it said, "Too small." And he's a he's a dwarf.
1: No.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but it came. It, it was the she. Had, they had the voice, and on the Ovilus, um, they had "small" as a word as well. So these kind of correlated. It was it was a, an audio uh, and a visual indicator that on wow. the answer to that question is, "Do you like him?" And it's, it's too small. <laughs> <laughs> So that is fantastic. The, there is intelligence out there in in the energy mm-hmm. uh, and I think if oh, we yeah. approach it with with the right attitude um and respect that we will mm-hmm. always get something to take away from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you.
0: Fantastic. Well on that note I'm going to say thank you very much. that has been a wonderful conversation. It's it's just gone in the blink of an eye <laughs> to be honest. It has. We just really wish yeah. through that but you've you've really given me a lot to think about and um, yeah, if I could get Donna on an aeroplane, there's certainly one or two places that I've seen on your website that I would like to come along and visit. But she's well, not if a you flyer. ever get over here. She's not a flyer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they still have cruise ships, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe one well, day. I'll have to do the old BA Baracus and give her an injection, knock her out, get her on the flight.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you get her over here, let me know, and uh, we'll definitely uh, get you some to, to some interesting locations.
0: Be wonderful. But, I uh, look forward thank to you that.
1: So- Thank you for your time, Sean. I appreciate it. Thank
0: you, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm sure we'll speak again. Yes, sir. Take care.